time to come out of idle animation it's this game where with me chris and me ashley hello everyone hope you're okay chris hope the listener's okay all right mate calm down what you said that really passive aggressively in a way that was happy m- about it mocking me i didn't like it no no there's no mocking over no? here no no okay. no nah. right all right okay how are you you're okay i'm fine thanks yeah good that really good actually really good yeah. i'm really good are you genuinely okay i'm genuinely okay as well what, what's made you so good what's made you so chipper just had just had some good times wow that's nice and vague they're the best of times not the worst of times not during the first bit yeah exactly sorry no, you cued me up and i just went straight for it um, you okay. need to remember time to come out of idle animation because that's important for today's game so so log that oh it's not gex is it it's not gex no although that got announced this week that they're doing a, yeah. a trilogy remaster thing what, what a world i've never played gex because it was supposed to be absolutely terrible yeah i got into a conversation with people about this and swiftly exited the conversation because i was like that someone someone announced it oh they're doing a gex trilogy remaster and i was like why and they were like because it's amazing one man's meat's another man's mustard one man's gex is another man's pile of shit <laughs> one man's gex is another man's spyro i've played gex and it does not bear any resemblance to anything like spyro i you know we we did not like crash bandicoot and crash bandicoot is better better than gex must be all right there were three games yeah that doesn't mean any how does that mean anything how does that mean anything people wanted more just because people Mm. bought them they were were, i don't remember it's a platinum i'm sure it went in the platinum range so it must have sold all right okay sorry i'm just being pernickety anyway so yeah gex trilogy you've literally just said that it's supposed to be pile of poop yeah, uh, it is. Now, uh, but now you're, I'm, now I'm, you're I'm, doing the Christopher thing, which is like mm, Ashley's. Ashley's complaining about it. I've got to balance things up. No, I'm, well, I'm. It's supposed to be a pile of poo, but I'm saying that based on half remembered memories from 25 years ago of a game I've not played. I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Clearly, like your mate, you know, there's people that love it. So, you know, the, the same thing. For example, it. What, what's the company Limited Run Games? They also announced they're doing a remaster of Tomba. Now, yeah, you sh- shaking your head, looking confused. That was a game I had, and that was really, really good. That was a game that was very, very. It slipped under the radar of a lot of people, but it was very good. So, yeah, I that think is one I I'm think looking there forward is, to. There's definitely that space. There's the space for the genuine hidden gem or lost artifact. Those things definitely exist, but Gex isn't one of them. It flew above the radar and was widely regarded as not very good. And my personal experience of it would confirm that right so i'm just a bit confounded as to why anyone's spending their time the thing is it is possible that it's one of those games that a lot of people played at a certain age exactly it was in the budget range so it would have been cheap and lots of people would have had it and they're now clamoring for it in a way that i didn't and won't They've now got disposable income to, to spend on the Gex trilogy on Switch. Yeah, it's amazing how things come about, isn't it, really? Mm. There'll be a blooming... I can't even remember the name of it. What's that What's that 2D 
well, two and a half D platformer that were that had a jester. That got a sequel. Oh, Jinx. No, it wasn't Jinx. That I think Jinx is a set. Well, it's not. I think Jinx had the hat that looks like a jester's hat, but it was that was the little not cat Jinx. on the Xbox one, sir. It was the blue blue hat. Blue hatted mm. cat. I'm thinking of um, Pandemonium. Pandemonium. It's Pandemonium yes. and Pandemonium too. I that was a Games Master game, wasn't it? That used what, to be played on Games yeah, Master. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think when I I I I sought that out, that game, and when I found it and got my hands on it, I was like, oh, 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 that was Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Anyway, we're not doing Pandemonium, we're not doing Gex, we're not doing Tombo, not doing, not doing none of those games. This Good. week we're playing this game where you play as the most famous cartoon character in the world on an epic quest to rescue his partner, and we're playing it today because there is a sequel, question mark, on the horizon. Um, d- d- we did Castle of Illusion before. No, we didn't. We did Mickey Mania did before. Do? Okay, are we playing Castle of, Castle of Illusion? We are playing Castle Illusion. Excellent. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. That's good, because I like it. I can tell you that now. Yeah. It's a good yeah. game. No, we did Mickey Oh, this is, just, this is just like a, a little treat for us, is it? Yeah, I, I think it will be. I, I'm quite excited to play this. Um, nice one. We, we did Mickey Mania way back in episode 12. That was the, the last episode we did, uh, one of the last episodes we did before lockdown. So, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. No, we didn't get very far in before that, did we? No, that was, that was the... Yeah. Anyway, so, but we're, we're doing Mickey Mania. We're doing Castle Illusion, taking it way back to where Mickey uh, began as a as a game franchise. And I found some interesting little tidbits out about uh, about Mickey and Disney and platforming games in general. So, uh, so hold on to your hats for this. All right. Castle Illusion is a 2D single-player platformer that released on the Mega Drive, Master System, and Game Gear in late 1990 to mid-1991 worldwide, and then there was a Japanese Saturn port in 1998. Now, I've just said Mega Drive, Master System, and Game Gear. What do they have in common? I'm just checking myself. It's Sega. It's Sega. This game was developed and published by Sega, and therein lies a tale. A tale of, of not two cities, but two companies. Sega and Disney. Wow, so we're really setting this up well. I'm enjoying it. I'm really trying my best. So I I said at the start, I said time to come out of idle animation. This game came out in late 1990. This is credited as being the first game to have a character that has an idle animation. When did it come out? Late 1990. When was Sonic? Sonic was 91. Because when I read that, I I thought that surely can't be right. I double checked and yeah, Sonic 1 was 1991. Interesting. Yeah, uh, the other animations where he he stands still and sways his hits back and forth with a, a bit of a smile on his chops. Thinking about Minnie. Possibly. Well, that's the, therein lies the plot of the game. Then, if we we loop to that, uh, the plot's a bit um, in 2023 is a bit questionable. The plot of the game is that Minnie has been kidnapped by the evil witch Mizrabel, M-I-Z-R-A-B-E-L, who wants to steal Minnie's youth and beauty. So Mickey Chris, follows her. Yep. I'm interrupting. For an important okay. announcement. Right. Um, Google is not your friend. Uh, one of the earliest games to feature an idle animation was Android Nim in 1978. <sighs> Another two early examples are Maziacs 
and the Pharaoh's Curse, released in 1983. But but Castle of Illusion was 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 the first game to have an idle animation. I didn't Except even read that on for... Google. I found that somewhere else. Yeah, where did you find that? Just out of interest. Some website I can't remember the name of. Was it Wikipedia? It wasn't Wikipedia actually. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Good because this is Wikipedia. This is idle animation page. It's History. a whole page on Wikipedia. Oh my days! Oh, of course there is. Yeah, Wikipedia has everything. It really is. It really does. I'll tell you what. It doesn't even have it. This is a bit of a travesty. It doesn't even have Castle of Illusion on its examples of an idle animation. Uh, it does have Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, this is a joke. It's an absolute joke. I agree. We'll write to Wikipedia. Well, can we edit it? Do it now. Edit we it. can edit it, but it will immediately get edited back. I once tried to edit in um, my friend to... Uh, at, oh, what's his name? Jonathan Creek's website on Wikipedia. Alan Davies? Yeah. Right. Tried to put my friend on his Wikipedia. It lasted about four seconds. Yeah, people are very vigilant. And that was like 2006. So it was the early wow. days. Yeah, Early days of Wikipedia. These days, it probably wouldn't even get through. Okay, well, we'll we'll leave that and just pretend I hadn't said that. A fat start, Rachel, if we find him. Um, can I get? We can leave it in. It's fine. Yeah, we're gonna leave it in. I'm just, I'm just sad. Um, did Jamie talk about the plot? Something, something, mad witch. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that that that, that is the plot. Is that the fact is that the witch was is jealous of Minnie's youth and beauty, so has stolen her to to get those off her, as if those are the most desirable qualities of Minnie. Discuss. Um, do we do we do we need to discuss no, that? We don't need to no? discuss. It was it was very a very okay. rhetorical discuss. Yeah. Uh, so Mickey Mickey follows the pair to the Castle of Illusion to save the day. Uh, mm. So, I've said about this being a tale of two companies, Sega and Disney. This was Sega's massive coup back in early 1990 when they started development of this game because they really had to fight hard to get the Disney brand and make sure that Nintendo at that point did not have the Disney brand. So mm. Sega had this Disney license and were you know, really keen to try and get the game as good as possible in order to secure further games uh, and further links with Disney. Disney were very protective of the game and the license and the likeness of Mickey and followed the development closely. Uh, for example, Mickey in the game does not have lives he has tries because they didn't want mickey to die or be perceived as dying in any way so the game has has that which that was cool yeah sega of america were the people who managed to secure the franchise and do all the dealings with disney but the game itself was developed by sega of japan mm. and the hey, go on. um i got i got trounced the other day with a, a sega fact um where did sega where did Sega start? Oh, it's the... It was making machines for... Was it American air bases? Possibly. I meant literally where does it st- Where did it start? Geographically, where did it get started? Uh, pass? Where would you like to say? Well, I would be tempted to say Japan, but I'm guessing from the way you set me up that that would be a QI like blaring yeah. and going off. So Yeah. Honolulu. Honolulu. Was it an airbase in Honolulu? Founders, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head, but the the founders were Martin Bromley and Richard Stewart, and they founded it in Honolulu, 
So it was. It's it's not a Japanese company. Wow. And I was adamant that it was a Japanese company, and this other person was like, "No, no, <laughs> nope, it's not." Oh no. So Lulu, get it. Hey, that's a good one. The director of the game, Amiko Yamamoto, wanted something to show Disney's high standards and also showcase the console. We're thinking early 1990, this is when the Mega Drive was very much in its infancy. And she wanted the game to focus not just on Mickey, so she used aspects from other Disney features and cartoons alongside it. So, for example, there's a clock tower boss that is Willy the Giant from 1947's uh, fun and fancy free short cartoon and miserable herself has got two forms one of which is inspired by slash ripped off the queen from snow white and the boss version of her is uh, maleficent from sleeping beauty mm. and when they were developing this game the animators really really focused on disney films they went through disney films with a fine tooth comb even looking at frame by frame animation how they got this this fluid style and tried to translate across that across to mickey as much as possible as well and they i've said about the animation we've had a conversation about that this also looped into it with the the personality of mickey so for example when you stand on the edge of a cliff Mickey is then triggered some sort of animation in him. If you imagine like Sonic, for example, he has a couple of animations when you're standing on the edge of a cliff. They put that in with, with Mickey as well in this game. And they also noticed when they were going through these Disney films that there's often, there's not even often, more often than not, I should say, there are things moving. So animation to, to the... the um, that they're full of animation so they they brought that into the game as well so in any screen any given screen there might be animation whether it's clouds in the background or leaves moving in the trees as you go through and they really tried to bring that animation centric and um, pushed it into the game as much as possible yeah it's necessary i think for any kind of disney anything really to to capture mm. something of of what disney offer and certainly around this time 1990 they were having a resurgence and it was all around the anim- you know animated films whereas now mm. people will know them as a media monolith that that pumps out all sorts of different stuff primarily 1990 it would have been uh, their animated classics then newly it... minted animated classics was Beauty and the Beast 91 yeah yeah, um, and and then it was into Aladdin then the Lion King so i think at this point 1990 that was when they were kind of on the rocks a bit weren't they no, it was The Little Mermaid had come out. Of course it had. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, whether it was 89 or 90. No, but either way, it was that was that was the, the, the turning point for them, wasn't it? Because before that, you'd had, was it things like the, the Black Cauldron, the Fox and the Hound, the Rescuers, Oliver and Company? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've named films that I like, and I think that mm. a number of 90s kids would, would like. Um, but yeah, they were generally regarded as not as good as what came before and what came after yeah um so which obviously but, but what we, let's not forget that that did end at a point you know, when you had things like brother bear and all that jazz home on the range home on the range is the one that always signals the the death knell i think mm. to most people but yeah brother bear brother bear's got some good animation i think it was one of the same one of the ones that had a phil collins soundtrack as well after, i think so after tarzan and um, mm. getting a little bit sidetracked the point that i was going to make was that if you're going to make a a game based on i mean of all of the characters mickey mouse then you've really got to be on as on point as you can with the animation because it's just not going to yes. cut it any other way and if it's going to be a flagship uh enterprise as this was intended to be then you really have to nail it. 
and and the thing that I was surprised at with these notes is that I didn't realize quite how totemic and quite how flagship it was the title the fact this came out before Sonic the fact that this was something they were trying to seed in order to carry on this this relationship with Disney like there's all yeah. so much expectation and weight on the shoulders of this game um, if you think back to episode two of our podcast um, Ill. oh it might be an episode one oh, did I get dog. the first episode I think you got the first episode I think mine was episode two green dog green dog yeah if you remember the conversation we had around green dog green dog was um one of the multitude or one of a multitude of um character platformers that were vying for the attention of sega because sega was scrambling around mm. to try and find a, a console mascot or even a company mascot so the the fact that they had locked in one of the absolute icons of hollywood in in terms of in the form of mickey mouse uh, as one of their first offerings for for a uh, for a character platformer that sort of speaks to that same thing like they were still scrambling around they were they mm. were you know the notion of locking in the notion of actually getting mickey mouse as your as your mascot mm. or by proxy at least would have been an absolute coup yeah completely also just about in mind just to put the context of that this game came out at the same sort of time as super mario world obviously mario not a at that point certainly not a character or an asserting such a big character in, in the same way as Mickey was, but if you compare the two as games, yeah, yeah, um, I, that yeah, he absolutely he was a household name, but not in the same mm. way as Mickey Mouse. And um, when you compare them as games, I think I think Super Mario World is definitely head and shoulders above um, Castle of Illusion, but it's not as far between them as you'd anticipate necessarily i do think that there's a there's a layer of polish that's on super mario world that just isn't there for for castle of illusion but i think it's a second layer if that makes sense like there's definitely polish been applied to castle of illusion it it really does shine in in a number of ways or or at least as i remember it (laughs) it mm. does yeah this game i've not played for 25 30 years so yeah caveat to what you said is in japan it came out in 1990. In North America and Europe, it was 91 and 92. Really? Yeah. The landscape for the West, and and these two games sort of standing side by side isn't necessarily quite as true as it is right, for, okay. for Japan. What was the... Was, was it staggered release for Japan uh, in uh, for Castle, Castle of... Uh, that's a hard phrase to say. Was the Castle of Illusion release a staggered release worldwide or was it worldwide i just got in my notes i got from late 90 to mid 91 across the world okay yeah just look go back to that point you just said then about developers and polish they we talked about the animation or i talked about the animation the developers were very again trying to add this layer of polish onto it they were very considerate of players at all times and a couple of things they did in order to make the game as accessible as possible for all they put lighting on the edge of platforms so that players at all times were were clear as to where to go if you're making a big jump where you're supposed to be landing and they often put enemies in packs so as mickey has a bounce attack and you can hold down the C button to make him jump higher so there's a bit of skill with the jumping mm. they often put enemies in packs so that a more skilled player would be able to go bounce 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 again a bit like Mario and rack up some big points with that they also 
think about being considerate of players, and we've just mentioned Toe Jam and L2, we talked about this way back in episode uh, one or two, the game also has an easy mode, which is shortened mm. versions of the first three levels without the bosses that appear at the end of those levels, and that was very much aimed at the children and parents that were playing the game with children. Um, so find it interesting that that was there. We, we talked about that being a thing on a few few games over the, the 160 episodes we've done, but I think that's just an interesting point just to raise there as well, that they, they were mm. putting that front and centre of this game. Yeah. So uh, the game, just the development team before I move off that then, the game credits 14 people as developing this game and then a further 14 people in the thanks section. So 28 total, but let's be mm. honest, 14 people who actually worked on mm. the game. The game, as I said, is set in the Castle of Illusion, which then gave the development team the license and the freedom to create all sorts of weird and wacky and varied levels and baddies that you uh, encounter as well. So you go through the Enchanted Forest, Toyland, the Storm, the Library and the Castle. Now, a couple of those, Toyland in particular, reminded me of James Pond 2, which came out in 1991 as well, so around the same sort of time. James Pond 2, though, the setting for that is Santa's Workshop. I know we've talked about yeah. this, James Pond 2, a few times in the last sort of few weeks or so. James Pond 2 is set in Santa's Workshop, and that gives them, the, the developers the reasoning for like a, a toy a, a teddy bear level or a, a ballerina level because they're the ballerines mm. they're getting put into music boxes this feels the cast of illusion it feels the scope of this is is bigger um, than james pond 2 i would say yeah yeah i think i agree uh, the port of the game for the Master System and Game Gear had the same premise, the same title, Cast of Illusion, but the games themselves were obviously vastly different to squeeze onto an 8-bit cartridge. For example, one of the levels is called the Dessert Factory, D-E-S-S-E-R-T. That was added into the Master System and Game Gear. It's not present in the Mega Drive version, which we'll be playing today. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mega Drive version itself, in terms of my personal memories... Either myself or my little brother got it for Christmas or a birthday, 95, 96. I really don't know how we got it, but it was in the house some reason, some way, mm-hmm. uh, by hook or by crook. And it was a game I played an awful lot of because I remember thinking it was pretty damn good. This and Mickey Mania especially were on heavy rotation when I was deep in my 2D platformer phase. So mm. looking forward to playing it again today. Yeah. Um, it's it reviewed well 90 percent plus reviews across the board on the mega drive version and how long to beat has it at 2.5 hours so quite a slight affair but that's okay yep yeah Agreed. and that is it i have nothing that's else it. to say about the game okay then yeah. it's time to play So that was Castle of Illusion. Very much in 7 out of 10 territory. I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. It kind of felt like it wasn't Mickey Mouse, more like Dickie Blouse (laughs) or something. You know? Jesus Christ. Like like a rickoff. A a ripoff. Ricky Rouse. Wasn't that in Simpsons? I felt a little bit rickrolled. I think Ricky Rouse, or maybe Family Guy. I'm sure there was some joke where about copyright infringement. Anyway, I've probably yeah. made that up. Um, Possibly. Yeah, I feel maybe seven to be generous, maybe six. Mm, six and a half. Let's go down, split in the middle. Um, it felt 
fine, okay. But it wasn't anything more than that, which I was quite surprised by. Yeah. I, I thought it would be pretty good. Yeah, and overall, like you say, it is a bit middling, isn't it? Mm. So, if you were going to highlight the things that you thought were good that weren't, kick us off. The things that I thought were going to be good that weren't good. Yeah. Just to clarify that question, you just asked me. Uh, the, the first thing that stood out was the controls, that Mickey is quite sluggish and also floaty at the same time, which is a bit of a tautology. So when you've got, when you jump, he jumps quite high up in the air and it's then quite difficult to get the precision platforming required as he comes down, which makes it more challenging than it should be. And you've also got, as your main attack, as well as the bounce, you've also got marbles and things that you pick up apples and things that, uh, like that that you can then throw at enemies as well and when you pointed out that when you throw one when he enters the animation for it he completely stands stops and stands stock still lots of stuff there and throws the marble and it then commands the animation you then going again it just completely brings proceedings to a halt in order to fire these projectiles i also noticed in the second level the toyland level that there was a bit where there was you're on a, a horizontal plane and then there's a platform that is on the, the plane you have to jump up onto and the whole system of getting to it then him having to come to a complete standstill jump over it walk along the platform then fall back off and to keep on walking it was compared to sonic for example it's so slower than that yes i think if you compare it to sonic it doesn't compare terribly well but i think if you compare it to it's something even better in the form of Mario, it compares mm. very unfavorably, mm. which is exactly the opposite of what we were saying in the first half. The the Super Mario World is released, in at least in Japan, in the same year as this, and they have absolutely nailed platform controls, platforming controls, and the feel, the game feel in Super Mario World is superb here it feels closer to me it feels closer to green dog than it does to to super mario or or even to sonic sonic i would say is second tier this is not even there and i did not expect that i thought that my experience with it in the olden days was one that put it on a par with sonic at the very least yeah it, it it isn't i think mickey mania when we played that i seem to remember that had aged quite well and we quite enjoyed that experience. But that came out a few years later, I suppose. But uh, yeah, this one, just not quite so much. Mm, I asked you, um, while we were playing, I asked you if you remembered playing The Incredible Crash Dummies, which was a NES game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I asked you that because I feel like, actually, one, I think that maybe we weren't too kind to Incredible Crash Dummies. No, we weren't. And two... I actually think that it might be better than this, in, at least in terms of controls. I think that the way they control is more... They, they've got more agility, they've got more speed and dexterity to the to the way they move than Mickey does here. You don't really have moments where they freeze. Like that, that thing yeah. where he throws his, his items and he just stops for no reason. Well, stops to play through an animation. Yes. Um I I think that's pretty Yeah, I think that that feels pretty amateurish compared to a lot of even second tier or third tier 
platformers and platformers that came out a good while prior to this. It does not feel polished in the way that I remembered it feeling. You pair that, the whole marble situation with the jumping, the floatiness of that. Those two things are so important to a platformer. You'd actually be able to to platform. And then in this game, it's then difficult to platform. uh, It makes the whole endeavour fall down somewhat. Yeah. The other thing, control-wise, that I thought was a little bit flabbergasting was that you have to do a, a bum pound. You have to pound your bum. One of the things I read about this online, it was an interview with one of the developers. They said they put that in to add an element of, of strategy to it because if you just jumped on an enemy and instantly killed them, they thought that some players would experience the game would almost play itself in at certain situations with these packs of enemies. So they put that in there so that players could choose to bump on them if they wanted to or they could choose to use the marbles if they want to be a bit more strategic. I mean, However, there's no having played there. it, I don't personally agree with that no i don't think there is a strategy there there are two different versions of the bum pound there's one where you just drop down with uh, you so to to bum pound an enemy you ho- i mean this actually the more i say that phrase the more it sounds it, it did sound bad wrong. what do what can we call it i i don't know ground a bum drop ground pound yeah okay ground pound to ground pound you jump and then you press down and you land on an enemy to do that you can do that two different ways. You can either do it simply like that, or you can press jump again when you make contact with the enemy and he will go very high off the enemy. So that that jumping down onto one onto an enemy and going high, I think that there's an argument to be made that like being able to do that adds a adds something to the game. But the notion of having to hold down a second button in order to just jump on an enemy isn't, you know, it, no. it doesn't make sense to me. It just interrupts flow for, yeah. for a player. I think if you had to do that in order to do that secondary high jump off off an enemy, then maybe there's an argument to be had there. But actually what you've got is an unnecessary button press intru- introduced into that um attack in the first place and then a third a a second um a second button press additional to that so in order to do that jump you actually press three buttons Mm. when i think it should be two at most but i could do that high jump it was because there was an enemy and there was a a power up a collectible located high above the enemy so i figured out that i could do that it did feel quite Mm. good but admittedly i did do that just by i think i probably hammered both the down button and the jump button at the same time and by a fluke i managed to do that i think you're right though in terms of the the load the the mental load of that having to do those three button presses it's excessive it should just be something that happens automatically yeah i don't i can't believe that the I can't believe that the developers of this looked at other platformers where you can just jump on the enemies and went, that's too, that's too simple for us. I said, nope. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. That's very strange to me. The second area that this game kind of staggers where I thought it was walking confidently is in the graphics department. I I thought that this area was well polished and actually... I feel like it. It's not. Do you mean Mickey himself, the worlds, or all of that? Both. Yeah, it looks like. So in this is a Mega Drive, and we said the first half Mega Drive platformer, nineteen ninety, trying to create a brand off the the strength of this bat. It looked and played as well, I guess, like a, a Master System game, but not 
in that that's not meant as, as a compliment no i think that it didn't really it wasn't it wasn't making the most of the console it was on is what i think you're trying to say and i would no. agree i think a lot of the palettes uh, well i say a lot of the palettes i think the toy box palette uh, in particular where, where it should have shone it looked very washed out and humdrum and actually on top of that i think because of the colors they used in the background you actually it was it was a bit difficult to read some of the enemies like visually you couldn't necessarily see the jack in the boxes very well because they were a white uh, a white head popping out on a on a sort of pastel pink mm. background so they kind of blended in and yeah i i didn't expect that it's a fairly route 1 mistake that one isn't it I will count that with the the third level, the storm, which you've given up with the game at that point, had this lovely animated background that was these clouds with these really dramatic oranges and black colours to create the sense of not maybe the sense of being in a storm, but it looks it looks really nice and it was mm. whizzing along in the backgrounds. I said about that in the first half, the way they tried to make it uh, make you feel like you're you're in a uh, a cartoon. I did quite enjoy that, but by that point, my enjoyment of the actual gameplay had waned quite a lot. So I. I didn't really persevere very much with that level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, again, if you just compare it to its, you know, contemporaries, it just didn't. It wasn't doing some. It wasn't doing well there in was... comparison to the Sonics or the Mario's, or or maybe even the Green Dogs. Like, I think the the art style in Green Dog was was more interesting than what was going on here. There were some bits I was quite enjoying. There were, there were a couple of levels, like the toy box level, the, the first stage of that, you had to go vertically up in order to access the door because the door was pretty much right in front of you when you started the level. So you had to ascend up to get a key. Mm. And as soon as you got the key, all the platforms you'd then gone up then changed into slides. You then had to run back down the level, uh, collecting gems as you went. And that was pretty fun because I wasn't expecting that to happen. And I, I saw the key and thought, I'm going to have to go through all this platforming again, but in reverse. And it switch that to expectation that was fun yeah i'd agree i think i think that that was subverting expectations in a in a playful and enjoyable way so i wouldn't disagree with you there and then there was what another else? level in the toyland's stage where there was a it was all about playing with gravity and going upside down and, and flipping from the floor to the ceiling and that was pretty fun because when there was a bit of strategy because if you did it when enemies were on screen, they would then fall from the ceiling to the floor or vice versa, and they would then instantly be killed. So it brought a bit of strategy in as well as fun with the gameplay because of inverted the controls, because I was waiting for lots of enemies to be on screen at once, and then I'd hit the button in order to, to wipe them all out in one go. That was pretty fun. I also said to you that I remember those sort of levels being in Mario Galaxy, which is 2007, and this is being a platformer from 1990, so that was quite surprising. But you said you think there were other games that had done it yeah, in the interim. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought you were going to bring that up, and I, I can't, unfortunately, put my finger on okay. which ones, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure sort of um, switching gravity mid-level has been a thing in games since at least the 90s. Whether this was, you know, doing it before a number of them, is an, another question altogether mm. but it's definitely it's not that big a gap between no that's fair um, between games yeah is there anything else positive I, I, you want to say about the game well, or is there anything positive not, you want to say about the game not, that's the thing not really no i don't really i don't i've not been left with the positive glow that i was expecting to mm. come away from it with and as a result i don't really have very much 
to say about it. It's um, it's a really unfortunate situation because I was <laughs> I was really looking forward to playing it. Uh, I, I I do hate it when we um, when we come across games like this where they they just don't they don't deliver on what my memories of mm. it uh, were. The, the, it the feels one, like the big one I'm remembering is is when we did Wario on the Game Boy last year, where, which I remembered extremely yeah. fondly, and then we played it, and it was, eh. yeah. This this feels yeah. like the same situation. We don't have very here. many of them. Yeah, we we it doesn't come up that often. I don't no. feel like they they're often either as they were remembered, or whether that was good or bad, or they, you know are surprisingly good compared to what we expected. Mm. It's not that often, I don't feel, that we actually run into something that is this, which no. is a, a quite quite a big disappointment on on where we thought we'd be. No, so uh, so there we go. That, that's that's cast of illusion. So I'll I'll seek into the uh, what happened next with the series because there were quite a few other what, what what's then became known as the illusion series unsurprisingly um some of which i have played some which i haven't have you played any of these that i'm about to rattle through no no okay so they then had land of illusion came out on the master system and the game gear in 1992 world of illusion starring mickey mouse and donald duck came out on the mega drive in 1992 i played that around a friend's house and remember thinking that was amazing mm. whether it was or not after playing today's quite hundred title who knows there was then legend of illusion on the master system in 1994 and then quite a big gap until Epic Mickey Power of Illusion on the 3DS in 2012, which I'd never heard of. This was the third mm. title in the Epic Mickey series, the only title to appear on the 3DS, the other two were both on the Wii. And this was marketed as a tribute to the Illusion games, particularly Cast of Illusion, um, and has got a score of 63% on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. You Have you played the Epic Mickey games? We talked about them before, haven't we? Yep. Have you played this one? Yeah, I've got Epic Mickey on the Wii, and I think I've got Epic Mickey 2 on Xbox, maybe. Um, which one? Sorry, which one? Power so of Illusion. This is Power of Illusion on the 3DS. No, I haven't. I vaguely remember it coming out, but only vaguely, so mm, no. Okay, fair enough. And then the reason we're playing this today is because we've got Illusion Island, which is releasing on July 28th of this year, 2023, and it looks absolutely stunning. And It does look really good. been built as a Metroidvania crossed with Cast of Illusion, and the developers, Dalala Studios, D-L-A-L-A, have said that Cast of Illusion inspired it. Now, having played Cast of Illusion, um, mm-hmm, but the, the game does look absolutely amazing. I'm really, really, really excited to play it, which is why I wanted to do this game today. I don't think our experience today necessarily translates to Illusion Island being no, a I bad agree. game. And um, I, in fact, I do expect the opposite. It, it looks pretty great uh, yeah. on on gameplay front and on graphical front. Yeah, got this really gorgeous, yeah. like 1930s, 1940s style animation of, of and yeah. look of Mickey and Minnie, Donald and Goofy. It's it's a game I think you can play as four, four players playing simultaneously, and and they've got this thing yeah. where you can share health by hugging other players. So it, that's quite a nice feature as well. Hmm. Hannah and I today have been playing Cuphead, which it's the first time we've played it actually, and it's got that same sort of uh, early mm. uh, animation style. 
art style. Um, Max uh, Fleischer, is that right? I can't Fleischer? remember. I don't, I don't know. I, I was going to say I can't remember, but I just don't know. Nope, fair um, it, But, you know, like the you're, you're talking about the art style of, of uh, World of Illusion. Power of Illusion. Illusion Island. Whatever. <laughs> that came um, there. Yeah, you don't see you don't see that art style in games very often. And Cuphead's, uh, you know, may maybe a close compatriot in that regard. Cuphead's a game I've not played personally, but it's a game I do sometimes watch videos of it on YouTube just because I think it looks great. Mm. Yeah, and then in 2013 there was apropos nothing a 2.5D remake of Cast of Illusion. Which I had never yeah. heard of up until talking oh, really? doing the research. Yeah, genuinely, it passed me by completely. This was developed by the now defunct Sega Studios Australia, and it came out on the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, iOS, Android, and on Windows. It's currently available for ten pounds on Steam, and it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, I think I've played it. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure I've played it. I don't know if I bought it or whether it was on some. A subscription service right um but i think i think it might do a better job of of it than the original i just find it so like in, in 2013 the fact that this game that had come out at that point 13 years previous like rather just re-release it let's do a full 23 years 23 years 2013 23 yep you're right i stand corrected 23 years i just i i, I find that thought process baffling personally yeah, but it was. It's one of those games. It's the same as Lion King and Aladdin coming out. Yeah, but they were the just Switch they were just re-released. They they weren't remade. This is a full remake. Yeah, but it, it, you, I don't know. You you do get that with some games. This is a much loved classic, mm. uh, for better or worse, and it makes sense. I maybe there's an argument to be had that they they understood they accepted the shortcomings of the game and therefore tried to address them. They knew that a, a full-on, like a remake, maybe was more necessary here. Possibly. Than it was for Aladdin or Lion King. I, I don't know. I'm, it's complete speculation. And I guess obviously. we said, before we started talking about the game itself, we talked about the, the, the Gex trilogy and how that's potentially Oof. capitalizing on, you know, people's nostalgia and feels for yeah. it as kids. Yeah. Maybe it was doing the same sort of thing. Who knows? Yeah, I, I do want to hasten to add, like, there, there was this week or last week there was an article announced, uh, uh, an article published, um, or a study, articles around a study that was done that that suggested that eighty seven percent of uh, games from the early days of of the industry have been lost. Okay, uh, which is a pretty staggering mm. number. Yeah, and um, I th- I I know that it can be easy to be cynical about remakes and remasters and those things but um they if they if they give access to the game in one form or another then i'm all for it um ideally you would have some kind of preservation in in uh, in place so that we didn't have to rely on that well, on, on that note, the PlayStation 4 port of the 2013 remake came bundled with the original, the one that we've played today, as part of that. So that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 
the the game, the, the remake, I should say, uh, was developed under the supervision of Amiko Yamamoto, the original director of the game, who had in the interim, in the sort of mid nineties, she had joined Disney Interactive and stayed there until twenty sixteen, and she uh, became quite big at Disney Interactive. She helped on Kingdom Hearts, for example. So her relationship with yeah. Disney and games kind of got really fulfilled, which I thought was was pretty pretty interesting. Uh, mm. The game, again, the remake, had a remastered soundtrack done by Grant Kirkhope, who uh, was one of the main people who did music at Rare, so pretty big chops there as well. They added in voice acting for both Mickey and the narrator of the game, that text that popped up at the start that we saw. The Metacritic scores for that game are between 69 and 81, depending on which version, interestingly, as well. Um, it is currently aside from that PlayStation 4 port I've mentioned, it is the only way to play Cast Illusion on any of the kind of, well, I'll say current gen, but I suppose it's last gen now, consoles, mm. except the Mega Drive Mini, which came out in 2019, had has got Cast of Illusion as part of it. So, so there is a way to play it via that as well, I suppose. Great. Yep. And that's that. That's Cast of Illusion. Yeah. I but, wouldn't recommend going out and buying a Mega Drive Mini if they're available. <laughs> no, just no. for this. I, I think just bypassing Ghost Rate for Illusion Island if it's. Uh, I'm pretty uh, sure this is available on Steam. Did you say that? Well, the the remake, the 2013 remake, is, is it the one just that's on the Steam. Remake? From what I found, yeah, I'm he's, he's going to type. Again. He's going to he's going to underline googly. me like he did with the uh, uh, the animation thing. Castle of Illusion. Well, while Ashley does some googling, I'll do the, the wrapping up. Bit. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed, remember to join us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Y- yeah, you're right. Yes. yes, you're right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking around to find out if Chris was right. And, and all the rest we will see you again next week for another episode have a good week bye ha ha